control me, then guess you can. Rebellion lives in my DNA. I can't be replicated, duplicated, imitated, fabricated, eliminated. No, I can't be replicated. The system designed me to be a slave. I'm the glitch in the matrix that can't escape. I can't be replicated. If they killed the rappers who were spitting truth, they wouldn't have a messenger to reach the youth. So they duplicate physically, implant abilities, replicate tattoos and cloning facilities. Indie contracts say worldwide. Label contracts say universal. For all of time and all forms, they own all your music, your image, your name, and your person. <laughs> Weird, right? I know you don't think that is facts. But for 50,000 and a hair sample, you can clone your dog or your dying cat. It's another way for them to win the war by weaponizing important celebrities. Don't kill your foes, just clone their gods. Then you'll control all your enemies. The executions have been televised, though They're on TMZ like every night They take our heroes, give us weaponized clones The revolution won't be televised I can't be replicated Copy the attitude and the chains But no one will ever do me the same I can't be replicated Try to control me, then guess again Rebellion lives in my DNA I can't be replicated Duplicated Imitated Fabricated Eliminated No, I can't be replicated the system designed me to be a slave I'm the glitch in the matrix that can't escape I can't be replicated You can see the difference in their face now Casualties of money and the fame Posing for the cameras with their fake smiles a clone of someone who they used to be I can't be replicated Copy the attitude and the chains But no one will ever do me the same I can't be replicated Try to control me, then guess you can Rebellion lives in my DNA I can't be replicated Duplicated, imitated, fabricated, eliminated No, I can't be replicated the system designed me to be a slave I'm the glitch in the matrix that can't escape Welcome everyone to the Tory Set Show. Today is October 18th. Uh, welcome. It is uh, a Monday. Damn, it feels like a damn Wednesday. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was working hardcore through the weekend. Um, a lot of things happen over the weekend. For me, uh, for us, actually, I guess I'm just the one in the line of fire. But I did have a personal move that was good. Uh, you know, for, for years now, I was under lawfare by the Attorney General of North Dakota. And a lot of people keep saying, you were nee, nee, nee. And it's like, no, that dude found $300 that he decided that I used out of a bank account that was mine, mine. And I could do whatever the fuck I want with my own business account. But regardless, it wasn't even something that I couldn't have. Like, I don't even know why I fell into that. What are you talking about? That was like entertaining the contractors. Are you kidding me? $300 violated my life, sent secret subpoenas because he was looking for a crime. And all that time, he actually stood by and saw crimes happening in my household and said nothing. Lawfared me to the ground, took me to this. I even went to the Supreme Court and you know, to fight this. And the Supreme Court were bitch asses saying that, well, you had to notify the state to sue him so you can't do it. So we have to uphold the previous court. But he fucked up. See, this is what happens when greedy bastards fuck up. 
He went back to the Supreme Court and asked to pay him attorney fees, right? So I should pay him attorney fees that he was awarded in the other cases, right? <laughs> in the other cases, that I should pay him more attorney fees and all the attorney fees to the Supreme Court because, you know, you lawfared me, so I should pay you for doing that. And the Supreme Court denied his request. So now that that sat down and I don't have to pay him attorney fees, you know, the 25,000 that they keep saying, those are fucking attorney fees, right? For all the losers out there talking shit on me. Well, yesterday they were electronically and today hand delivered notification to the state of North Dakota that I'm suing his bitch ass and I'm going to win because first and foremost, this was complete and utter lawfare. So thank God for Russell Newman, my attorney, who is going to take it there and wipe the floor with him because we have all of that evidence, every single one of them. You cannot weaponize your office because you don't like someone. So I get to win. It's just, it was time, time, time. So, you know, obviously in the lawsuit, it's just not me. It's not only me. It's a minor too that's suing him because his lawfare actually allowed other crimes uh, to impede in my family and every single grifter out there, every single loser out there that had something to say is going to be eating some heavy ass crow. So that's that. So thank God for Russell. Um, I am so grateful for him, insanely grateful for him. So uh, we put the state on notice as the laws. Obviously, you can't just sue someone. You have to notify the state, <laughs> you know, the state that didn't become an official state until 2012, uh, officially, right? <laughs> they weren't even a state. Uh, but this is, um, this is what uh, happened for me on the 17th. Uh, they were served uh, electronically today, hand-delivered. So it's done. So now um, we get to sue them. Uh, now that they've been put on, I don't know the fine tuning of the laws because it's just like so stupid. I thought he got away with it. But in fact, because he was so greedy and so wanted to like stick it to me, right? He went to the Supreme Court asking for it and they said denied because the Supreme Court justices are not stupid to see that this was complete lawfare, complete lawfare. He literally used it as a fishing expedition so that he could find something. And it's like, dude, I'm the spookiest of the spooks. Obviously, there's nothing out there on me, but what I put out there or what has been planted out there or what has been planted out there so that I can complete missions or, or, or. So we enter into some other realm. So that was one. And then today, um, I filed my response against, um, I filed my response to the motion to dismiss uh, that the Attorney General of Ohio uh, had filed in my writ of mandamus case, uh, which um, oddly enough, a second person today uh, that I um, really, really um, admire <laughs> said, you know, people know about this case. There's like people in really tight, high circles that are watching this. Now, my response was massive. Uh, obviously, going back and forth on it. You guys know me, let's stick to the law. And then it was like, no, maybe we should, you know, as I'm sitting there uh, brainstorming, you know, the idea of what other geniuses come up with is in order to win, you have to demonstrate that they created a healthcare system that's defined in the constitution. That's exactly what I did. And in that response, 
and then said, so now that you can see that it's a healthcare system, it needs to go. And I think that was the best way to go because science cannot be debated. I know a lot of people want to, but we can't because it's he said, she said, and it's going to be whatever the judge thinks, which is outside of the you know description of Article 3. We should be sticking to the law. And this was the best way to introduce arguments against the whatever mainstream media wants to you to believe is science. And that helped us demonstrate that this indeed is a healthcare system that they've implemented, the masks, the vaccines, everything. And therefore they lose. Therefore they lose hard. So uh, it's a pretty long read because there's a lot of citations, casework. I mean, this was really um, thoughtfully put together uh, to kind of slam dunk it because the AG's response was kind of weak. But on the other hand, I mean, how is he going to respond? No, the Constitution doesn't apply. No. I mean, he even had the weak ass response saying, oh, you know, no one, there's no case law with this article, so we shouldn't talk about it. And it's like, um, <laughs> uh, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> I don't think that's the way it works. But the closing was where the sauce was. And I'll read it out to you. Many Ohioans, just like me, filed affidavits in support of this complaint. We're not lawyers. We can't afford to hire lawyers to press our claims. We're just hardworking people who are tired of the government taking more and more of our rights away each day while ignoring the federal and state constitutions. Attached as Exhibit Q is a spreadsheet providing details regarding 70 affidavits, just 70 out of all of them, right? Filed in this action, demonstrating harm, as well as how easily to locate each one of them by previous batch filing an individual page number because there were a few batches that were uploaded we put the batches up there and the page number so they can identify them. My complaint does not seek that this court rule mandates were a failure or have it conclude our government made poor decisions. The complaint only respectfully requests that the court rule on a single legal question, namely whether the, the massive new healthcare system created by the governor is violative of the Ohio constitution and should now be dismantled. As of October 26th, as, as of October 16th, 2021, the people of our great country have filed petitions seeking a written mandamus in 48 states, propelled by the prayers of thousands of citizens across this country. It is hoped that the Supreme Court of Ohio deems my complaint well taken, and for one more time at least, as goes Ohio, so does the nation. I think that was like the best closing ever. Um, it's, it was, uh, it was as if the hand of God was literally guiding that pen. And it is the most, uh, incredible, um, collection of information out there right now. This is making Ohio case law. This is making history in putting out all the sciences, all the damages to the citizens, all the fights that we are doing in one place in case they people assume that they might go out with a whimper. Man, we're Americans. Okay? That's the way it is. Nobody -uh. nobody goes out with a whimper. Okay? Nobody goes out with a whimper in America. Right? We're so badass that when we want to say it, we say it. Right? What we want to say, we say. 
Why? Because this is the United States of America. And again, I know the let's go Brandon thing. I totally loved it. But on the other hand, I want you to know, this is why I asked, who's the reporter? The thing that I have, the issue that I have with it, which is really funny, the let's go Brandon, considering that the woman is so far gone that that's exactly what she heard, right? If if that's the case, that her ears heard let's go Brandon instead of fuck Joe Biden, that's just how brainwashed she is. But on the other hand, she could have done this. She created the let's go Brandon so people don't hear fuck Joe Biden. So people would be saying that instead of fuck Joe Biden, right? This is a up. You get it? But we're not going to let it go because we have musicians that are taking stands. And we should listen to a very trending Let's Go Brandon song. Let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon. Let's go As I pull off in the ass, huh? Don't nobody like his ass, huh? Tried to cover up and tell the people, go Brandon. But we know what they saying, though. You can hear the chant in every post. Don't nobody want this commie because we not in China. Everybody hated Trump and now they out to catch a body. That's what they get for treating us like we in Squid Games. Green light, mandate, like he's insane. These times, people waking up to anything. Go Brandon, but we all know what the saying means. Let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon. You know what they say, ho. Let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon. You know what they say, ho. Let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon. You know what they say, ho. Let's go Brandon. Let's go Brandon. Hey, you know what they say, ho. figured out what I was inferring when I said, we got to find this reporter. Is she that stupid or was it purposeful? Uh, so Loza, I think I played a song of his before, before this viral one. There's a lot of people. And as you can see, it wouldn't be people that you would think, you know, rappers, music stars that would actually be coming out. I actually like that song. It's super catchy. I want to download it and put it on my, um, on my Tesla, I saw someone on TikTok do that. And I was like, damn, I should put that as my horn. And then I'll just be honking all the time in traffic. Um, but people are waking up to see <clears throat> that these things are psyops. I mean, the guy figured it out. 
I think a lot of other people did too. That's why the question that I posed, which was, hey, is she that dumb or, you know, is she that freaking brainwashed and ditzy? Mitch said to her, was she doing it on purpose? And the, what she's doing it on purpose was not to cover up for the interview. I mean, you can't cover up a crowd saying that. You can't. You can't. She's a damn psyop. That's what it was to make you not pay attention to what's going on. And there's a lot, a lot going on, you know, um, as you guys know, the Lieutenant Colonel that was thrown into the brig for speaking up against, you know, bad politicians. And you're going to be like, no, it was generals. They're politicians at that point. It's as if all of them are politicians, right? You know, he sat there and said things that I may agree with and I, I may not agree with, right? It doesn't matter. I'm not in his boots. Like, I, I, we played his clip, right? We sat and I said, you know what? He has the right to say whatever he wants. Oh, and, I, and I make him right on a lot of the stuff he said. But some of it, it wasn't so right. For me, from my perspective, I, I'm not in his boots, right? So... They threw him in jail, but everybody forgets, right, that Hunter Biden joined the Navy with pulling strings from his dad to be a PAO. I've said this before, just like Jack Posobiec, you know, a PAO for the Navy. And he turned up on his first day as a reservist, high off his ass, pop positive and was removed from the Navy. first day. First day he turned up, he got fired, right, because he popped positive and he gets you know, no brig time, no this, no that. Stop. What about that tool, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman? The one that I've told you, he's held, you know, meetings with um, JSOC and other things in Germany. I've, I talked about that a long, long time ago, where he's sitting there and siding with the Russians and others, right? And so he's given comfort to our enemies, mocked our nation to our own officers in the room when we're doing joint, you know, operations. I've seen it with my own eyes in Frankfurt. It's, it's complete bullshit. And you know what I was happy about to see that somebody else called that out. Um, oh, where did I see it? I think it was on Twitter saying the same damn thing. So it's not just me that saw it. Where he's like, Americans are so stupid, da, da, da. They're not classy. And it's like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, we Americans, compared to the rest of the world, are a little bit square. We don't look at titties. They have commercials with titties out, right? We don't, you know, you know, we, we still think our poop doesn't stink, you know. But we are the most embracing people ever, okay? So, not only that. Did he give comfort to our enemies, mock our nation while he's in uniform, not only to foreign officers, but to our own. Right. But he also talks shit about our president. He talks shit about operations, the State Department. And he's a fucking hero. Yet this guy goes to the brig. Get out of here. Get out of here. And Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, because uh, that, of course, was the scene Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise made famous from a few good men. Today, a real life military drama played out. And Colonel was there. So he's going to join us right now and talk a little bit about what happened. Let's start, though, with a little background. Stuart Scheller facing a court martial for going on a blistering social media tirade over President Biden and the military's handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal. This morning, Scheller pled guilty to violating military law. Now let's bring in our friend to talk more about this. He testified in today's hearing, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. So, Colonel, was it uh, take us inside. Was it anything like that scene from A Few Good Men? Yeah, no, uh, although the uh, 
The prosecutors were pro. Man, this is a time that I wish I had either Bergy Gavin or Millie on air with me to talk about Schaefer. Because I just realized Schaefer's talking about this. And I really don't want Schaefer talking about this. And it's like, you know, I really want to like him. You know, I really want to like him. I really want to like him, but Patrick knows I don't like him. <laughs> I really wanted to like him. I really wanted to like him. Patrick, I mean, I really wanted to like him. I really, really wanted to like him. And I don't. So I'm going to fast forward to where he comes on, right? Hold on. Is he still talking? Damn it. Let's see. Of his chain of command for a series of material failures as a subject matter expert. Should we talk about his damn failures during the damn sex that he didn't use? I'm not going to. I wrote a book on Afghanistan. I know most of the players involved. So then he knows how in Afghanistan, you know, the CIA wouldn't give shit to the DIA, wouldn't give shit to the military because we were doing other things. But I digress. I was there to basically validate uh, the justification for what Stu said he he was trying to draw attention to, uh, what which he did in, inartfully, but he did take responsibility for. How did you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. He said some things and I was validating the things he said about Afghanistan. There we go. Here we go. That uh, they allowed me to say it. it. There was no response. As, as a matter of fact, the judge even said that no one can dispute the factual content of the allegations that Colonel Schiller has made against the chain of command. I think that's significant. So my job was to essentially say, yes, while he said what he said, maybe it was incorrect. He's willing to stand up and take accountability for it. Joe, no one else has been willing to take stand up and take accountability for their actions in that failure. Where do you think that accountability falls in the end? Because that's really the only question right now, Colonel, isn't it? What, what does he get? He's looking for an honorable discharge, correct? Yeah, so uh, we don't know. Uh, the judge, uh, last time I checked, I literally just drove back from Lejeune to my home here in, in Chihuahua County. Uh, we don't know what's, what's going to come out of it. But I do know that uh, his legal team has presented the facts as they are, and again, the most important thing, Joe, in my judgment is, is Colonel Schiller stood up and said, absolutely, I take responsibilities for my actions. Mm -hmm. I expect my superiors to take responsibility for their actions. And that's where it's at right now. Powerful. Well, thanks for taking us in. Well, the judge did say that he's opening up investigations, um, which is good. Right. And um, again, if you're not in his boots, you don't see it from his perspective. Gosh, darn it. I can't stand watching Tony Schaefer. Why did I put him on? He put me in a bad mood. I really want to like him. I really do. I used to love Tony Schaefer. You know, I, I did. I, I thought, you know, but then I saw his actions in DC and that completely gutted me. I really, really, really wanted to love him uh, from a distance, of course. And Bergie's right. I told you so because he did tell me so. I have faith in people and it's up to them when it comes to the point of crunch time to see where they sit. And he was working closely with, <laughs> with the guy who wrote articles for the Epic Times. But anyway, for me, it was more, I was upset because it was more about clout and money and his operation rather than let's help the people. So that's the foundation for me. I mean, you can, you can, you can, you can try to fix something and fuck up. And I will love the crap out of you if your heart is in the right place. But if he 
um, isn't doing it with his heart in the right place, it'll never be in the right place. And that was the time that um, I needed to see these people. And I'll tell you, the people that had their heart in their right place, aside from all of Team America, I, I'm going to say it, and I know a lot of people are going to like, what? I know um, that, you know, Patrick Byrne had his heart in the right place. He put his money where his mouth is. Um I know that Steve Bannon had his heart in the right place too. And that's about it. Um, and yeah, um, Robert should be <laughs> invited to testify at a Congress. But anyway, I wanted to make mention that the media today has done, has not done something they haven't been doing for decades. The media is not honest it's not truthful. It never, I don't want to, yeah, no, it hasn't been. Ever since the creation of CNN, which was cable news network that everyone embraced because it seemed like it was going to be the best thing since sliced bread. Uh, it was devastating because they changed the way media works. Since shutting down Oops. Pfizer was unthinkable. It changes the way um, media operates. And the way it operates is to be a mouthpiece for the highest bidder. And you will not get the truth. You will only get the truth that they are allowed to say or will say or can say or are told to say. Because that's the way it is now. You are not allowed to do anything of that nature. They will not report they will not say. So, for example, uh, this weekend I was um, with someone very important and they had the actual raw video of Ruth Bader Ginsburg with Katie Couric being interviewed about flags and kneeling and all these things. And I watched that video and it was like uh, Katie asked Ruth Bader Ginsburg about you know Kaepernick kneeling to the flag do you know what her response was that's just stupid she said it's unnecessary it's this and you know so the media when they got caught right when they got caught that they covered that up years ago right they were like Oh, the Supreme Court Public Affairs Office said she misspoke. No, she didn't say one word. She had a whole phrase of it. You're going to say that a Supreme Court justice can't talk for herself? Get the fuck out of here. Like, who listens to that? Second, she used the word stupid. Like, she said stupid. Okay? Stupid. And, uh, you know, I know they're going to release that. Uh, Katie Couric cut that out because she said, oh, the Public Affairs Office said so. That's bullshit. Are you saying that you censor our Supreme Court justices? We need some investigations going on into that shit. It's another thing if they edit an interview, but it's another thing when they're being told to edit it. Do you see what I'm saying? Why isn't the right-wing media all over this? Why isn't the right-wing media saying, wait, stop. Are you saying that there's a public affairs office that censors our Supreme Court justices that supposedly can speak for themselves. You had Ruth Bader Ginsburg telling the world 
that Colin Kaepernick kneeling to the flag is, and I quote, stupid and shameful, blah, 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 something alone. I was like in shock. And the person, VIP that was next to me was like, oh my God, we got it. We got it. And, we, and I was just like, that's insane. And she went out and said, oh, you know, they, they said, uh, we need to cut it out because he, she misspoke. And it's like, wait a minute, you guys, when does, uh, you know, the Supreme Court gets, get a public affairs office, um, and says, you know, oh yeah, you know, um, she misspoke, you know, and she edited, she said she edited the comments afterwards to protect her. So first she said it was, um, the public affairs office. Then she said, uh, no, it was to protect her. Uh, don't believe me. She said it herself. It's all over Twitter, but she was slammed for, um, for doing it. And I want to show you a video so you can really see the report. Um, they edited that too. The raw footage is different. So what they're releasing is not the full one on the media. And I don't know why, but I want you guys to um, see the Australian news and what they had to say. I think it's really dumb of them. Would I arrest them for doing it? No. I think it's dumb and disrespectful. Uh, the same, I would have the same answer if you asked me about flag burning. Wait, so you mean, okay, she said, no, I'm not stupid. Like I was freaking out. So she said, I would say the same thing about flag burning. So their idol, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, it's dumb. It's dumb and disrespectful. She wouldn't arrest them, but she would say the same thing about flag burning. Listen to it again. This is their idol. This is from 2016, right? But they were burning and kneeling throughout the whole time and they edited it. Would I arrest them for doing it? No. I think it's dumb and disrespectful. Uh, the same, I would have the same answer if you asked me about flag burning. So she's under fire for censorship in the aftermath of the 2016 interview. That's what it's saying on the screen. So she's putting a memoir together Katie Couric, and she says in her yet-to-be-released memoir, Going There, Ms. Couric admitted to editing comments made by Justice Ginsburg that were critical of the athletes taking a knee during the American National Anthem. And it says, taking the knee as a symbol of protest against police brutality was popularized by NFL athlete Colin Kaepernick in 2016. The, the Take the Knee protest became highly controversial and politicized during 2016 and 2017. During the interview, Justice Ginsburg called kneeling during the anthem dumb and disrespectful. In unpublished remarks, Justice Ginsburg went on to say that taking the knee shows contempt for the government that has made it possible for their parents and grandparents to live a decent life. In her memoir, Ms. Couric admitted she edited some of Justice Ginsburg's comments, writing they were unworthy of a crusader for equality. After consulting with other journalists, Ms. Couric decided to keep Ms. Ginsburg dumb and disrespectful comments in the interview, but left out other critical remarks made by the late justice, by the late justice, period. <laughs> Many people were aghast that Ms. Couric would edit Justice Ginsburg's words in order to make a political point. 
I've said this many times when discussing media bias, but bears repeating the big question is often not what you see they're doing, but what they're hiding from you. The galaxy level arrogance it must have taken to think that RBG needed protection from herself. You can learn a lot about where the left has moved by looking at how they choose to edit or rewrite Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Katie Couric deems Ruth Bader Ginsburg unworthy because she wasn't sufficiently woke. Ridiculous. And completely indefensible for Katie Couric to withhold this information from the public to protect a sitting Supreme Court justice. So Ginsburg's what, 82, 83? Uh, Daily Mail writes it up this way. Couric writes that she edited out a part where Ginsburg said that those who kneel during the national anthem are showing contempt for a government that has made it possible for their parents and grandparents to live a decent life. How do you score this, Professor? Well, it's an offense to both the fields of journalism and law. You know, there's this effort to craft the interview so that it fits a narrative. And we saw recently the ACLU actually edited one of the most famous statements by Ginsburg on abortion to eliminate the word uh, women uh, because that was viewed as sexist. And all of this is really breathtaking for people that have any sense of history, any sense of her legacy. Ginsburg had many traditional values. I'm not surprised at all by what she said. But the act here of of omitting inconvenient statements is really quite incredible. And, and what's fascinating is this is occurring at a time of advocacy journalism, where more journalists are saying that they need to frame uh, news to achieve some social or political agenda. And it's all coming together with this interview and how baffling it is. Anyone who considers himself a journalist would never have taken this type of act. But you have another journalist who cited that she consulted with, and he just said, well, she probably didn't understand the question. Hmm. Really? It sounds like she understood the question, but also she seemed to understand all of the questions were the answers you agreed with, because those made the interview. Well, it's also, I find it uh, incredibly insulting to a feminist icon, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Why does she need protected by Katie Couric? I'm pretty sure Ruth Bader Ginsburg was very well aware of her feelings and her views, and she knew exactly the impact that they would have. Wrong answer. Yeah, this isn't inconsistent with what Ginsburg has said on other subjects. The The problem for Couric is that this was a celebration of the so-called notorious uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. And all of us had great respect for her. But that quote would make her the infamous uh, uh, RBG, and they didn't want to do that. And it would have had a back blow towards Couric. Because remember, at this time, President Trump was making some of the same statements. There were even Democratic members who were calling for his impeachment based on those statements. So you couldn't have this contradiction at the time. It didn't fit the media narrative. Mm. A government that's made it possible for their parents and grandparents to live a decent life. Well, before we get into that um, with Kamala, I wanted to say something. So this is a lie. I'm telling you that right now. Katie Couric, first of all, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said it was dumb, not stupid. So I correct myself because I heard it. So dumb and stupid are equal to me. So I apologize. She said dumb, dumb and disrespectful. And she said, I'll say the same thing for flag burning. Now, they're saying that she took the decision, which is a lie. In actual fact, she had said at first instance, and that has been eradicated, that the public affairs office, you know, kind of 
came in and said, so she was told to do it. So she is taking the hit when this should be investigated. Who the fuck censors our Supreme Court justices? That is the big question. Who is censoring our Supreme Court justices, right? Who from the public affairs office the next day said, because that's what she came back with. She told them, she said this, like, should I put it in? And they said, um, I think she must've misspoke. So who was president there? Obama, Barack, Hussein, Obama, we got you right there. You have no right. Ah, ah. but there's records for that. Because <laughs> Katie Curry got to send an email. <laughs> so just so you understand, all of this is going to be coming out. You thought, and I've said this before, you thought Spygate was big. You thought what? What did you think was big? It's not as big. Ask SCOTUS gate. There are receipts for everything. Everything. Censoring a Supreme Court justice. You deemed it unworthy. You wouldn't have the balls to do that shit, Katie. Fuck you. No one believes that. End of story. Fuck you. No one believes it. End of story. Who told you? Where did the directive come from? Oh, your editors caught it and said, this is a problem. Let's address this to Barack Hussein Obama and then have the public affairs office communicate because that's how they got through and communicate. What? How do you know this? I know this. Like I said, I'm the source. So bottom line is this is all going to be coming out and it's going to be a big problem. And for anyone sweeping it under the fucking rug, trying to attempt to say that Katie had Katie's a tool. Okay. Katie doesn't make decisions. Okay. Her editors. Okay. Her producers, the people that fund it do. So shut up. If you're stupid enough to think that Katie Couric has the balls to do things like that, you're dumb because the producers, the board of the Yahoo news shit, everybody and their mother over there is the one in charge, not Katie Couric. Okay. They needed that to be put forward. Oh, they didn't need to say, well, Ruth Bader Ginsburg agrees with Donald Trump. No, 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 no. Ruth Bader Ginsburg can't be approving what President Donald J. Trump in 2018, 2019, and 2020 was saying, why are you burning the flag? This is disrespectful. She said it's dumb and disrespectful to, to kneel during the anthem. Yet we had Fuckers on a soccer team that 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 took a knee. Every little idiot that CRT bullshit, just like the superintendent that just moved into my daughter's school. He was assistant superintendent somewhere else. He made the kids on the football team over there kneel. He's not bringing that shit in her school district. Not over my. It's gonna be over my dead body, and I already know when I die, so it's not happening anytime soon. So, bottom line, who is in charge of the Supreme Court justices? Are you telling me that a Supreme Court justice has a handler to be told what to say? Sounds pretty unbelievable. Hmm? <laughs> there are receipts for that. Remember, Obama's EO, 
sealing his presidential shit is now gone. Anybody can subpoena fucking presidential records now. I would like to see a FOIA. You know, in fact, I'm going to send one and I'm going to ask for presidential communications and SCOTUS communications with Katie Couric's producers. And I'm going to do that shit right after my show. And I'm going to FOIA the shit out of it for all communications between Katie Couric pertaining to Ruth Bader Ginsburg interview that aired on Yahoo News with Katie Couric. Any of that. I want it all. Emails, phone numbers. And you know what? I'm going to wait and see what the response is. Because if the response comes back and says, oh, we don't have any, I'll be like, oh, shit, what's this? You know, I pulled that shit on the AG too. You know, when he couldn't find shit, I gave him three chances. I'm only giving one to FOIA <laughs> through the .gov. I'm only going to give one, okay? Just one chance. I'll be like, yeah, so I want all the emails and phone calls that were made between them pertaining to anything that talks about Ruth Bader Ginsburg interview with Katie Couric, please, in 2016. Thanks. And I'm just going to wait. And then maybe that shit will be leaked somewhere on the chans. I don't know. Lots of shit gets leaked lately. Because the, the truth be told, now it's free game. And there's no hiding. And there's no national security bullshit. She's lying because she's not that smart. She's dumb. She's controlled. She's stupid. So... <sighs> see how they psyop you, see how they do it. This is how SCOTUS gate starts. They can't delete shit because then there's going to be a gap in the communications. See, there's a thing there. <laughs> All right. So speaking of losers, we should talk about the moon and Kamala Harris, who is increasingly looking creepy as fuck when she, especially when she talks to kids. Here we go. Harris's creepy space video and all the fakery. And boy, the fakery. The fuckery. Vice president with a reputation of being a fake, talking to fake science nerds, hard to look grateful, I mean, even worshipful, to be in the presence of Kamala Harris. And she met them at a vice presidential residence and took them for a tour of the US Naval Observatory next door. Uh, I get it. I mean, Harris's fakery that so defines her, is indeed the most obvious thing in this video. The most laughable thing. I mean, who couldn't be amazed at the sing-song delivery, the hypnotically waving arms, and the sight of a vice president so clueless about children that she talked here to kids around 13 years old as if they were still in kindergarten. Your eyes. And I just love the idea of exploring the unknown. And then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet. To think about so much oh that's God. out there that we still have to learn. Like, I love that. I love that. And so I'm very excited about the Space Council. We're going to learn so much. You guys are going to see. You're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your oh own eyes. Oh, my goodness. Okay, can we just, 13-year-olds these days can edit TikToks on their phone. Like, it's like... It's like blinking, right? 13-year-olds can fucking code, right? 13-year-olds are doing algebra, right? 13-year-olds don't just sit there and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to see a crater. Shit, I've been on Google Earth and stuff. I can see craters. So it's like, what is going on here? What is this, this, this cringy, creepy way she's talking to the kids? This is 
so disgusting. It's like, who is she talking to? Like, if she had five-year-olds, I'd be like, okay. They'd be like, wow, right? But these kids already seen that shit. And when they're 12, they're looking under microscope and evaluating cells. They, they, they've been taught they have, God, they keep changing how many planets they're teaching kids these days. It was nine, then 10. I don't know. Maybe we're going to be down to two. Who knows? But look, you can see it with your own eyes. No shit, Sherlock. No, we were going to look with our feet. Like, this is the craziest. Like, what, CAA needs to train her better, okay? They need to have some acting lessons with this chick. With your own eyes, I'm telling you, it is going to be unbelievable. Now, the whole thing got even funnier, and I mean, like, uh, funny awful. When we learned that these children weren't actually devoted science buffs at all, they were paid actors, some even with agents, actors Aww. who had to audition for roles in this You mean CAA picked them? Where their job was to show amazement, delight and gratitude and to show it like it had to be seen from outer space. Please hold for a transmission from the International Space Station. Here we go, team. The journey starts in D.C. No way. <laughs> <laughs> that faker has given us lots of laughs. It's been mocked widely on social media. And the White House even had to issue a statement that Harris did not personally select the child actors. So she picked child actors. So the lady that's being represented by CAA, right, which represents actors, uh, hired actors for her through the CAA, but she didn't pick them individually. So it's kind of like that thing where she's a terrorist. She, she typed the letter, you know, saying that, Hey, we've like rigged all these things, but she didn't sign it with her name and nor did she write it with her hand. Therefore she can't be a terrorist, even though she cut a deal with the FBI. But just like this, Kamala knew they were actors, but she didn't pick them herself. So it's not fake. That was the real issue here, but it's not, of course. It's nothing like it. The real issue isn't even that Harris is so fake and her staff apparently so clueless that when she does do something like this that's meant to make her look warmer, I mean, when she's really, really trying to look a little human, it just makes her look cold. Yep, that's what's up. And she that's ain't. a bit spooky. How appropriate that this video was made by an outfit called Sinking Ship Productions. <laughs> With Harris right on board. Yep. No, the saddest thing for me is this. This video, Harris herself says, this video was meant to get young people interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and in space exploration, to show children that if they hit the books and studied really, really hard, studied brain-hurty things like science and mathematics, they too can go to space, even meet the vice president. You can be a nerd, kids, and the rewards will come, which I think is a great message. Except this video didn't say that at all. The message here now, with all this fakery, is obviously this. Forget the books, kids. Go to acting classes. Learn how to say, wow, amazing, cool. Say it really theatrically. Get yourself an agent too. And then you can get famous making puppy eyes on TV at Kamala Harris. No science in that at all. No need to even open a book. Just fake it and you'll make it.
Ah, this is why I want to go to Australia. See, Australia has some people that spit fire. I mean, it's against the U.S. They can't spit fire against the Australian government, of course. But as I've been saying, enjoy the show for a very, very long time. I know my documentary delayed. I know we're editing. I promise you we're editing as fast as we can. We're trying to get it done. Wait till you see it. But this is it. When I say enjoy the show, I mean enjoy the show. It's all a fucking movie. It's all scripted. And you're talking to one of the top script writers out there. So everything is scripted. Every single thing. Everything. Down to the T, down to the I that's being dotted. It is completely orchestrated. But you know, we miss our press secretary, don't we? So here is our press secretary telling you about how the wannabe Chucky, Miss Circleback press secretary, is being accused of violating the Hatch Act. Here we go. Administration seems to be breaking rules left and right, with the president leading the way as he and the first lady were caught on tape violating D.C.'s indoor mask mandate at a pricey Italian restaurant in Georgetown. Meantime, his vice president is accused of violating IRS federal law, the one that prohibits tax-exempt houses of worship from engaging in overt political activity. This after she appeared in a video now being shown at 300 churches across Virginia, where she actually encourages viewers to vote for gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe. Watch this. We were taught that it was our sacred responsibility to raise our voice and lift up the voices of our community. One of the most significant ways I believe that we can each use our voice is through our vote. So Virginians, you have the opportunity now to raise your voice through your vote because it's election time. I believe that my friend Terry McAuliffe is the leader Virginia needs at this moment. Uh-oh. Hmm, trouble for the Veep. The Virginia governor's race also sparking trouble for White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, with a government watchdog group filing an ethics complaint against her, claiming she violated the Hatch Act by seeming to endorse McAuliffe during a briefing. Take a listen. I have to be a little careful about how much political analysis I do from here and not not traipse into that too much. Um, like I think the president, of course, um, wants former Governor McAuliffe to be the future governor of Virginia. Uh, there is alignment on uh, a lot of their uh -oh. agenda, uh, whether it is the need to invest in uh, rebuilding our roads, rails and bridges or making it easier for women to uh, rejoin the workforce. We're going to do everything we can uh, to help uh, former Governor McAuliffe. And we believe in the agenda he's he's representing. <laughs> Hatch Act 21. Jason, in just 36 to 48 hours time, you have three ethical violations. But I think what makes this so grating and galling is this former soundbite from Jen Psaki. We have the highest ethical standards of any administration in history. A number of ethics officials have conveyed that, um, and we're proud of that. We have also uh, staffed up at an unprecedented pace, and that and this is the most diverse administration in American history. Actually, it's not. It's the most cohesive uni administration. See, our federal agencies right now, uh, CIA for um, uh, our FBI, 
our DOD, our DIA, our NRO, our DEA, our AG, our DOI, you name the agency, VA, all of these people have management classes, meaning uh, classes is in classification. So you have your, you know, janitors that report to, you know, the sanitation department, right? You've got your administrative assistants that have Charlie clearance. They report somewhere else. Then you have your top secret, your compartmentalized, and then all the way at the top are the SESs. And then you have the person appointed by the administration. So right now the person appointed by the administration is forcing everyone to get a vaccine without an actual order uh, that is justified. And under them sit SESs that were all Obama appointees because President Trump didn't want to shake up a lot of things. So a lot of people stayed in there. He should have just fucking listened to the right people, which he didn't. Why? Because he didn't have the right people around him. Now he learned um, and he was able to smoke them out. That was the purpose of this first term uh, was to smoke them out. And this second term is uh, almost identical to that that Hussein ran. The only thing is... He didn't have to pay people or blackmail them to maintain it. The people did it for him. And regardless, uh, all these people at the top that are pushing those at the bottom to get the vaccine, right, are not getting the vaccine themselves. There's some information, and I'm hoping that information is making its way to our Great project Veritas because I don't have the bandwidth for it, right? If I did, I would. But um, there is evidence that certain employees in certain classes do not have to get the vaccine, those that are in the inner circle. So I'm pointing this out. I'm letting you know. And I'm hoping that they get in touch with Project Veritas because it's very, 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 very important. And I um, I saw it live on a screen, uh, asked if I can take it. I said, uh, don't break the chain of custody. Uh, I don't want to take it and then send it. You need to send it directly. And there are many agencies that have this. So I'm grateful because I believe that the groups that Patrick Byrne suggested that we create help create and facilitate a springboard. And now we have real whistleblowers come out, coming out of the agencies, which we'll see one from a DHS insider uh, that dropped about six hours ago. But this one is really huge that uh, you know, our federal contractors and employees are being forced to uh, ab abide by an order that really doesn't exist. It's really a press briefing. Uh, there's no stipulations. They haven't written them because OSHA is not going to fucking do it. And uh, there's a lot of court cases coming out. But this is where you see why we have to gut the agencies down to the janitor. Because there's a lot of really good people there, but there's a lot of bad people too. But anyway, continuing from that, we need to see that just how bad it is. That they are so brazen that they don't give a shit. And here is another violation completely there. They're um, endorsing candidates. The press secretary is doing it from her podium. Take a listen to the analysis. I really liked it. 
So we certainly expect that everyone will abide by those high th- ethics standards. That applies in how we operate. It also applies in how hiring ethics standards. The people you hire. Administration in history, Jason. Yeah, and then it was her deputy who, uh, you know, did some things and had to get uh, dismissed uh, once she got caught by once All he right. got caught by the media. I, I do love that. Uh, I love that when Jen Psaki says, "Look, we can't weigh in on this," and then she went ahead and weighed in on it to suggest that they're the most ethical uh, administration since the dinosaurs walked the earth is just comical. Here are three examples happening in real time right now. I, I don't know how she looks in the camera and says that and, and not get called out on it. And then there's this other big example, Kennedy, and that's the Hunter Biden paintings going for half a million dollars. His donors are anonymous or buyers, I should say, except there's pictures of him just uh, schmoozing with them. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, I wonder who's buying those paintings. I mean, clearly these are connoisseurs. I bought two this weekend. I mean, they're that good. His (laughs) artwork is is really, truly fantastic. I'm actually surprised that no one thought of this sooner. You know, what a ruse to just (laughs) just fart out a bunch of dumb paintings and be like, buy these. It has nothing to do with my dad and enrich yourself even more. Uh, Yeah, it's quite a scam. But of the three examples that you laid out within the administration, I think Kamala Harris is actually in the deepest yogurt. I I think that that could be a real issue for her. And she should know better than that. She's been a politician for a long, long time. And uh, there are ways of of appealing to voters other than violating uh, ethics and federal IRS laws. So uh, she really could have thought a little bit more through this one. I was just very proud of her that although her tone was completely condescending, she didn't cackle. So she's making steps in the Mm. right direction. Yes. Well, the former President Trump said he's been inspired to take up painting based on what he's seen from Hunter, which got me laughing. Um, But Harris, the current president, we remember him scrambling when he forgot his mask on stage and he was in a panic. But if he's so, so right, but he doesn't wear it in the swampy, swanky D.C. Italian restaurant. It's so sad. Do you remember that day? I like do. the Secret Service had to climb on board. He was panicking. He leaned into the, the I mean, guys. I'm like crushing on Harris, not like crushing like, you know, oh, my God. Yeah, she's hot. But I'm I, I am loving her every day more and more. Like, I'm really loving her. Like, she's going to be like right now. Look at her. Like, I absolutely adore her and the way she says it so eloquent like girl i need your lessons the mic and that was one of the first times we ever heard that he was in trouble i'm in trouble like i I don't know who he was afraid of (laughs) at the time but you know now he's just like devil may care with that mask i don't know it's it's all a collision of the stuff under my shoe when i visit a farm (laughs) like I, i just can't imagine that you go from one place and telling millions of people as their elected leader, this is how we're going to do things to keep you safe. We're never going to have mandates, but we're going to trust you with the science to having mandates and not trusting anybody. And now to not wearing a mask, even when you're mandated to. I don't know. It's it, hypocrisy doesn't seem like the it's right. It's not hypocrisy. Stop. CNN already explained this to us, didn't they? What did they say? They're more sophisticated than the rest of us. So they don't have to wear masks. They're sophisticated. But you know where this goes to? It goes to psychological warfare. Okay, guys? Psychological warfare. And I'm so glad to see Steve Bannon talking about that today. And um, he brought on some guy to talk. Some guy. Sounds like, oh, wait. You guys probably don't know that truck. Some guy. It's like Chinese. Some guy. S-O-M guy. 
Never mind. It's an, I guess it's the inside joke just for me. It's my inside joke. Dumb some guy. But anyway, um, I wanted you guys to hear this interview because um, I'm excited. It's coined the first tenet of psychological warfare, and he played that About today. this technocracy. Hold on. Let me put this on for you guys because it was quite good before we go to a break. Yeah. Okay. Some come up, some guy. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm sorry when I say some guy. <laughs> That's the first thing I think of. All right. Here we go with Bannon. About this technocracy. Remember, the first tenet of psychological warfare is to break you to become compliant. It's to make sure that you all your actions, all your human agency would be futile. That is the core of the war room is that with information you can be armed to take action in, in a world gone awry, but that you will never succumb to the psychological warfare, which is to break your resistance and to make you compliant and to make you think everything is futile. It couldn't be the exact opposite, but that's what they want you to think. Joe, uh, real quickly, how do people get you on social media? That that's, uh, really hits it. That was it. Joe didn't say anything. It was just Steve Bannon, which is fine. He combed his hair a little bit, but he didn't shave today. Um, and apparently that was a big deal for media matters that I was in a, uh, in a room with Steve Bannon, which I never claimed to speak at, but you know, they just said, ah, they just claimed it. You know, I'm really seriously thinking of suing the media, like collectively. I know gray media has a lot, which by the way, I wanted to tell you guys something. Did you know that gray media is firing all their employees that are not vaccinated? People that you watch through the TV and, and can't get sick. Mm -hmm. Let me show you who they fired. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can find this. Give me a sec. Cause I should show it to you. Mm. Okay. So, um, where do we go? Okay. So, my friend, and um, he's a journalist, Chris Berg, uh, was told by his, um, you know, station that he needs to get a vaccine. And he didn't get the vaccine. He applied for a religious exemption, uh, which he was denied and therefore fired. So now he is... Um, on AM radio locally. Obviously, I want to see how many other people are fired because they're not afforded religious exemptions. Because, uh, you know, he kind of pushed the envelope with truth. And so he was fired. He was let go. Um, I believe that usually people, I mean, people usually get severance packages or whatever. I mean, we, I know Russell sent a letter cause I'm supposed to be suing gray media. Anyway, I think we need to revisit that once I get the North Dakota thing. Cause you know, what's going to turn out that the state of North Dakota actually gave that information to gray media. That's why they're so confident. And rather than them pay me or tell me that they strong arm me. So I thought, you know, it's a good, it's a good deal because we'll go for the state first and then fuck the media, but gray media fired only their conservative employees that didn't get the vaccine. And this is Chris Berg on his um, new oh, show. Celebrating America. You, you could be labeled as a domestic terrorist. It is absolutely one of the most chilling letters I've ever read 
and it's from the National School Board Association. We're going to dive in this today because they're suggesting that people that are going to these school board meetings could potentially be labeled as domestic terrorists. Now, why is this so important? And we're going to dive into this. I'll get into the details, but it's very important because this also ties into and we talk about here on the Chris Berg Show that we are doing everything that you and I together can do, united we stand, right? Everything that we can do together to preserve and protect our freedoms here in America. So as I go through this letter today, I'm going to show you how it also ties into not just your First Amendment right, but also your Second Amendment right. See, these are my friends. Show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. That guy has been my friend for 2021, right? four years. So um, he left and now he's on an AM radio. I'd actually like to see him on his own show. You know, maybe we should just create our own TV station. I'm kind of thinking about it. Um, I'm trying to pull the logistics. Personally, I want my own antenna, um, but that's costing a lot of money. So, you know, buy my own antenna so that I can um, just do radio. But I... He's my friend and he completely got fired because he's not allowed to um, have a show on TV where he doesn't interact with people because he's not vaccinated. Gray Media owns all your subsidiaries. They control the majority of the subsidiaries and um, uh, affiliate channels across the nation. But, you know, that's okay for now. Because it's all going to change. They lose because they're playing a wicked game. See you in a bit. She's got pipes. But if you listen to the song the way I hear it, it's while the world was on fire, right? No one could save me but you. It was a strange desire. What a desire will make foolish people do. 
I dream that I'd love somebody like you. The idea of what they sold us, of what America should be, was the mesmerizing love that we had for our futures. Do this, the white picket fence, 2.5 kids and a dog, get a degree, da-da-da. And while you were mesmerized in that idea, it was nothing but a wicked game. So I want you to understand that when you listen to it and see how that ties in to the mesmerizing constructed reality they give you that you're breaking every single day. Now this is breaking from Project Veritas. Enjoy. So you blew the whistle on DHS. The last time you spoke to us in the shadows, you told us about some violent criminals, including members of the 18th Street Gang, obtaining work visas, applying to sponsor unaccompanied minor children. We know what they're involved in, specifically sex trafficking, who is trying to become the sponsor for one of these children. If in that time you inform the U.S. government that you have some type of fear of that your life is in jeopardy and you're put in what's called reasonable fear and there's also one called credible fear. Once you, once you make the declaration of my life is in danger, I'm, you know, I may be harmed if, I, if I'm returned home, you're taken off the watch list. And so that makes it the giant loophole. Are you willing to go public? I am. Tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Aaron Stevenson. I'm a federal employee with the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, officially, I'm an intelligence research specialist for USCIS. So these guys are, are, are trafficked, kidnapped, smuggled children, mm -hmm. and they're let into the country because they claim a, quote, reasonable fear for their safety if they go back to their home country. Correct. And that, in your view, that's a loophole. Well, it is because it's an informal interview done with an asylum officer in which if there's any, if there's any evidence provided at all, it's not able to be viewed outside of their own their own workforce. Do they deny the reasonable fear? Of, uh... You will see plenty that get picked up by Border Patrol or CBP. Mm -hmm. And in, in the initial interview, they ask them, like, do you have a fear of being returned home to your country? You will see all the time they say no. And then a, the, the day later, two days later, when they begin the process and be removed, uh, they will then say, oh, no, yeah, totally. I have, I have a fear of being removed. So eventually they'll get the reasonable fear expectation. They just have to keep appealing. Yes. So there's nothing, there's no... There's no brakes on the car. What made you decide to go public? This is going to be the, the biggest change to immigration policy in my lifetime. It's being done without anybody knowing what's going on about it. And there's been no coverage for the American people to know what's going on. So what are we looking at here? This is a, an email sent out by the director of USCIS, which notified us about a rule change coming forward, which is going to shift the adjudicative authority of defensive asylum away from immigration judges and giving it to asylum officers, which are USCIS. Okay, and so this is public information? It is, yes. This is a proposed rule they want to expedite the adjudication process to get immigrants into the United States. Um, is the USCIS a taxpayer-funded agency? No, so USCIS is fee-funded. All of its operations, all of its, uh, its cover overhead, everything is based on uh, the fees that are filed by aliens when they adjust. Aliens, of course, being anybody who's not a U.S. citizen. Why should people be concerned about the USCIS charging these fees for these uh, processes? There leaves very little accountability to the public when this kind of operation exists. And when you couple that with giving the adjudicative authority away from an immigration judge to an asylum officer, you're removing any type of public pressure that they could apply on, on policies that they're creating then. If asylum officers get this ability to do so, um, I will say it's going to be a rubber stamp of immediately getting 
uh, credible fear or reasonable fear to be able to stay in the country if they're going to be deported, but then an immediate process right away to show that they're going to be getting defensive asylum. And that's going to exist very quickly. Um, also, their path to citizenship. Within a year of getting defensive asylum, they can adjust their status to a lawful permanent resident or an LPR. Three years from there, they can apply natural, naturalized to become a U.S. citizen. So it's fast tracking, and that's the only thing that that this is looking to consider in the the actual rule proposal. It's looking to make it quicker. That's it. They don't want a backlog. Hmm. It's not over until the alien wins. We we know what's going to happen. We know that we have no teeth. We have no ability to to stop any type of actual uh, benefit being provided, right. whether the person is a talk alien, a terrorist, a uh, nefarious state actor, uh, all sorts of them. Not over until the alien wins. Right, because they'll just appeal whatever the decision is. And, and eventually they'll, win. They'll keep going to court until they win. So you're telling me that the transference from immigration judges to USCIS effectively means no accountability and... There'll be none. The, again, USCIS is a fee-funded agency. Mm -hmm. So it's not like even Congress can really put the squeeze mm -hmm. um, politically. And this has inspired you to come out to Project Veritas. It has. What is your employment status right now? I'm a day-to-day -day employee. Um, I currently work, I work for headquarters under USCIS, mm -hmm. but I'm a remote employee. So what do you think they're going to do in response to you speaking to me? I will lose my job. Are you afraid of that? No, because I think this is more urgent for people to realize because this policy change is going to continue to drive in um, any alien that, that they deem fit. This will drive a massive swing in, in, um, in immigration law. So there's a website, regulations.gov, your voice in federal decision-making. I, I frankly never heard of this before. Um, and you can attach files and comment on, on what the federal government is doing. So this appears to be a call to action for American citizens to be engaged, to let their voices heard to, to the uh, bureaucracy there in, in the federal government. Correct. And this one ends mm -hmm. the 18th. Will not October be 18th. October 18th, yes. What's next for you? My take right now is not focused on myself enough to, to get beyond this point. My point right now is this thing has to get done first. I've been doing uh, federal service for basically my entire career. I did eight years in the Marines. Um, I contracted for, for two and a half years after that, but for DOD. And then I've been working as a federal employee since 2012. I've been there for 17 and a half years. Like, I'm not going to get my pension. You're giving up your pension. Well, I'm not going to get one because I won't have enough time anymore. And you're going to inspire other people to come out, right? I hope. But a lot of it is, too, because I, I do tell my kids, um, like, you always have to do what the right thing, however you define what's right in your life. Like, you know, you have your own moral compass, follow it. There's more out there than just you. So when you come across something that's wrong, you, you have to be willing to stand up to it. And if no one does, then it's on you. You have to. Some people oscillate between despair and hopelessness. And I think you said something a little profound. I, I wouldn't say it's going to be, it wouldn't oscillate. It, I would say it's more of an order in which it's going to be despair than hope. So you're actually hopeful. I am. How, how so? Because the despair part is realizing all these things going on right now. This is just one small part. When people leave comments on that page, and when people call the representative, when they call their senators, however they want to do it, um, I think that that's going to be a good start. So you think it'll get worse before it gets better? Yes. It sort of has to get worse before it gets better. It's like a sickness. You're going to get sicker before you get better. How Deception Propaganda, a new book by James O'Keefe. Pre-order now at AmericanMuckraker.com. Hmm. So another person comes out, USCIS. <laughs> I sub-sub-subcontract for them. And he's right. But the thing is, there's a lot of people in there that want to speak up and not many do. And that's a huge issue. You know, 
many people forget what it is to be an American. And I saw uh, that someone in, I don't remember what group, I think it was the Ohio group. I, I pop into every single state and read. I can't respond to every single comment. Like, I'm not kidding when I tell you I have like a steady at least 1.5 thousand messages a day that I've left unread. And I go back as much as I can. Um, today has been nonstop for me from filings to phone calls to running around. I like I thought I was going to run out of battery. I didn't do 200 miles, 200, what, 60 miles that my battery has, uh, but I didn't charge it yesterday, so I only had like 150, but you know, I play music, I have the air conditioning on, and I, 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 I speed around a lot, like, you know, get lost, Ugh, never mind, I just dug a hole for myself. Anyway, what we, the people, at this point have to be learning once again, is that we need to understand how important it is as citizens to actually get jury trials. And why do I say this? The first chief justice of the Supreme Court, John Jay, hence why there's a John Jay Criminal College that is one of the top places to learn about criminology. Uh, he was the first chief justice of the Supreme Court ever. In 1789, he said the jury has the right to judge both the law as well as the fact in controversy. That means that a jury, right, is responsible not only because the law may say, for example, right, the law says, okay, you are, you know, in your kitchen cooking, hypothetical situation, um, completely hypothetical, not hypothetical with air quotes. You're in the kitchen and you're cooking. And as you're chopping your onions, some dude um, breaks into your house and there's another two dudes, but you're wearing your headphones, your new, you know, like your AirPod Maxes and you can't hear them. But suddenly they come up from behind you and they grab you. And one guy has a gun and he's like, show me where your safe is. I want everything or whatever. Right. And as you're chopping away with your onions, you have a knife in your hand and you stab the guy behind you and he dies. And the other guy, you know, starts shooting and then you ninja fling your knife and you get him right, you know, right there in the throat and he dies too. And then you're arrested for murder, right? And so as you're arrested for murder, you're on trial. And the law says you killed people, so you're responsible. It should be this, but this, this, this. But the jury trial says, well, the law isn't applicable here. The person was under, you know, they were listening to music, chopping onions. They didn't premeditate. They had, you know, the knife in their hand. The guy came from behind and grabbed them around the neck. And then they stabbed him and then they saw the gun, the person shoots and they like fling it. And it just so happened to be right there in the throat where that dude dies too. And so, you know, it's self-defense. No, they shouldn't be tried for it. They admitted it's self-defense. It's this, it's that, whatever, right? Whatever. Or it could have been that you murdered the guy because you didn't know it was your friend sneaking up on you that, you know, it's self-defense again, right? I'm just saying. The jury makes those decisions. It doesn't just criticize. Um, it doesn't just decide on the case at hand. 
right? It decides if the law should be applied that way, right? And if the law is correct, kind of like you're not allowed to represent your kid in court. And it's like, well, that's fucked up. Um, they don't have, so they don't have civil liberties. Well, they can have a lawyer do it. Why? Lawyer's not responsible for them. I am. This is where the jury would say, well, that's fucked up. I mean, we should have stipulations, but this isn't the case. This is, they have a civil right and the parents standing up for it. I Parents stand up for the kids all the time. You know, they advocate for their health, their education, wipe their noses, wipe their butts, dress them, feed them, you know, give them guidance. But now when the rights are being violated, you can't, jury decides that, right? One person on that jury can change the outcome of a case. One person on that jury will be the difference between a guilty vote and a non-guilty vote, right? Because even though you are one person, you are guided by divine intervention. It is important that we understand how vital the law is and how important our courts are. When people like the governor of Ohio and all your governors are acting under the color of law, but violate constitutional rights, violate ethics, right? They have immediately destroyed any trust with us, the people. And naturally, when this trust is destroyed, completely annihilated, we, the people, have a duty to take that power back. It's not something that we just talk about. We actually do it. None of us, I mean, it's a joke. Oh, knock, knock, knock. Hi. Hi, I'm from the government. I'm here to help. People are like, yeah, fuck that. It's funny, but it's reality. We don't trust that they protect us. The only way anyone can have our vote, our support, our allegiance, and be vested with our power of the vote, like what we say, empowered by us, right? The only one that can do that is the one that we rightfully trust, right? If you don't trust them, you give them no power. Now, you have to understand that right now, every single person in elected office fears one thing, and that's you, the people. And I am more than happy to be in the fire line because I know when I go, more than happy. And I know that there's a lot of other people like that brave man from the Department of Homeland Security who got up there and said what he needed to say. It is time that we take that power back and we've been doing it. It's been completely unchecked. Why? Not because we were forced to uncheck it, but because we've been busy with other shit. We've been busy with that wicked game that they've been playing of a hopium that they've been pushing of here's, here's your cookie cutter. Good life. Follow it. Then they fuck it up with, well, we're going to add college here. Follow it. We're going to add, you could be whatever you want. You can choose this. And then they turn it around. You don't really need a degree. And then it's like, we're still on the degree thing. Well, what, what they're giving you all these dreams and you're running around. But when you don't check the people that have power over you, that's where you get tyrants. And this is where we're at. It is our duty as American citizens to stand in the way of any oppression and tyranny.
The only way that we can do this, the only way to do it with minimal, and I've said this so many times before, blood being spilt on the street is by removing the power from those who have abused it using our laws and our pen. See, that is the role of the people, right? It is the role. This is why most cases that you see that are being brought before the court are being dismissed quickly. Because when court convenes, when there is a trial, and when you have the people there, considering they didn't use the magic wheel and highly selected those people on the jury panel, which with a very good voir you can get rid of the majority of them, but the backups are also going to be shit. So you got to play psyops <laughs> with your, with your jury. But if, but the case that what I'm trying to say is that the jury itself plays that role too. It's really, really important that we understand exactly what we've been doing and how we've been doing it and how incredible it is. There's something that I've been working on that I can't tell. None of your guardians in your state rooms know it's that secret. We actually remove some guardians and admins because of how secret it is. Not because they're hundred percent untrustworthy, but because they may be in close proximity with someone. You know, how many times have you said to your friend, don't tell anyone, okay, but, right? <laughs> so it's been, it's going to be a fun move that no one is expecting. It's going to be pretty hot. And um, hopefully it'll game change things. Hopefully it'll game change things on the timeline we want. Because, you know, while I was traveling last week, the judge on their own accord, there's like a supe monte. <laughs> look at that. I forget. You, do you guys know how? Okay, let me just explain the forget part. I am so packed with data that I have to park everyday information in places that I can't recall easily. So I needed to call my lawyer and I couldn't remember his name. I kid you not. I was looking at my phone and I was like, oh, um, I need to call my lawyer. My lawyer's name is, uh, I was trying to recall. That's how much information I've been processing. I'm just so over it. Anyway, super sponte, super font. Damn. Any lawyers on the chat? Anyway, it means on their own accord. So Dominion has not filed an appearance in my case and they have until the 25th to do so or else, or else. And so I, is it the 25th? I don't know when they have an appearance. I know it's Russell. I'm telling you that I couldn't call him. Um, <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Sua Sponte. There we go. Sua Sponte. So um, the judge on their own on my Dominion case extended the date um, to the 10th of November. So obviously I'll be in Tennessee the 9th, 10th, and I'm leaving the 11th. And um, I was shocked to see that move. Judges never get involved in cases. They're not supposed to. They're not supposed to email you and say, hey, uh, I strongly suggest you put a motion for continuance, right? And, you know, obviously my lawyer has to ask me, and 
Can everybody guess what my response was? I was like, fuck no, we're having that fucking hearing. They can do cartwheels. I really don't care. Even if they don't turn up, I really don't care. We're having that hearing. And so those of you that have seen Russell, he sits there and looks at me. He's like, all right, so I'm in a pickle. I can't say that to the judge. And I was like, nope, not happening. We're not doing it. Right. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. You're not filing shit. Don't file anything. You tell the judge we're having this. And he's like, all right, well, you're my client. So um, scientific method, one, fuck around, two, find out, right? So the lawyer sends an email back and says, yeah, so my client said that's a hard no. Next day, the judge files their own motion on their own and says, well, I don't give a fuck. We're moving it to November 10th, which question here goes who does the judge work for? And, you know, obviously judges can do whatever they want in their courtroom. Right. But, um, why is dominion being protected by the judicial branch? I'll tell you why you guys have read my affidavit. So you know who owns part of dominion, right? Because that's a big deal. Holy shit. Big deal right now to say that judges that have been giving opinions in courts that have been elected and placed there may not have sat there correctly. Maybe the judges that are sitting on fucking benches right now were never elected by the people, not that specific judge that was appointed. We're talking about the elected ones, right? That could be a problem. Now, I know that a lot of people are trying to take the RICO angle with it in Michigan, which is great because that case, remember, a failed case is also a good case. RICO is very hard to come about, and I obviously kicked that bucket around uh, with um, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who successfully brought on RICO. But that's not the way to go, only because, um, you know, this is a bit more complicated, right? It's more complicated, the situation. The situation that Dominion, Heart Inner Civic, ESNS, Sequoia, all uh, of these Smartmatic machines, all of them have government interest in it, government control in it. And after November 5th, 2021, I can talk about an affidavit that has not been published um, because there needs to be a statute of limitation on a specific crime that I may or may not have committed. So for that reason, <laughs> um, we can't talk about that. We can't talk about that. So... That, uh, according to the law, there's a five-year statute of limitation, which means it, it's November, was it November 5th or 6th? Damn, it was November 5th because, what was it? Remember, remember the 5th of November because my lawyer told me, you shouldn't talk about this. You shouldn't say this because, you know, it's still there. So, you know, a lot of people are like, you always keep secrets. You don't say anything, right? So... Um, so the original one that I put together, um, you know, a lawyer saw it and said, um, I don't think you put this there cause it's a crime that part there. And I mean, this is the problem and yeah, <laughs> scrap it. So then a few days later, I created a new affidavit that I handed over for the case 
uh, where it omitted the crime. So it was uh, a little bit more different. So when I release the new uh, the affidavit, it'll be a little bit more tidier and it will have things that I could be held accountable for. But who would hold me accountable for trying to screw the deep state? Like, let's be honest. I mean, obviously, a selected administration like the Biden administration, maybe. But, um, you know, whatever, right? That's, you know, Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> we're going to, I had to take that part out. So, um, you know, so it would be like, like, for example, let's, let's do a hypothetical. So let's pretend, uh, you were, um, there were elections, right? November 2nd, right? We have elections and you knew that some evil person, like, I don't know, Tony Blinken and John Brennan backing down shots somewhere in the state of, I don't know, let me guess the state, like Mississippi. And they're sitting there and they're backing down shots and they're drinking and they're like, yo, we totally got this in the bag. And they have a shit ton of NSA people ready to hack the machines, right? And so you see it and you're like, holy crap, I can't tell anyone. I'm going to die if I tell anyone. They're going to totally. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down there and I'm going to fuck shit up. I'm going to destroy federal property so they can't hack the election. So they can't get in and do it. Right. And it's like, so you go to Mississippi all by yourself. Right. And you're just like, yeah, you know, boom. Um, I'm going to destroy federal property so they can't, you know, like fuck with the elections. And then, you know, that happened. Right. And then they were like, holy shit, we can't hack into the machines from here. Where's our backup base? And it would be, I don't know, in a state like, um, I don't know, like Florida, for example. And it would be in some closet in Florida where they would go in there. But then because it was a backup, it wasn't set up right. And then they get caught by the secretary of state of Florida. And he's like, yo, Russians. And it's like, oops, no, I meant that was Homeland Security, but they were just checking to see that everything was okay. And it's like, oh, who busted up federal property? That's a problem. I mean, would you be upset if that was there? Like, right, 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 right. And then would they come out by themselves after they, well, <laughs> you know, what if they figured it out themselves, but they're like, yo, if we do this, this is a big problem. Yeah, it's not like, you know, you know, Joe is going to come out and say it. So, you know, we can't prosecute. And if we prosecute, then everyone will know. And then that's the problem. So what do we do? What do we do? Well, then we can get Joe on something else. So, okay. But if Joe starts telling, you know, stuff like, you know, then it's going to be like, Ooh. So yeah, I know I'm going to get texts from my lawyer saying, what? the? <laughs> but it's like, come on, bitches. So, um, so, you know, that's probably why, you know, Kemp got promoted, right? Cause he caught Russians. I mean, Homeland Security, I mean, size, I mean, foreign actors too. I'm just saying, damn, I just thought I'd be like, mm -hmm. so anyway, fun fact that I found out today too, is that if you leave the country, and you go to another country. And I saw it from someone saying in Mexico that they flew there. They weren't asking anything and they landed. Um, you know, they don't need COVID cards and bullshit. But if you come back to the United States, you have to either have a COVID card or a recovery letter. So a recovery letter is assumed to be a letter that says you had it and you recovered from COVID. 
Hmm. That's so weird. Whereas someone else said that when they came back from Mexico, they needed a test. It's weird. So America's Gestapo now, we're only allowing vaccinated people into the United States, unfettered access to foreigners that have gotten vaccinated. And it's like, don't they have different strains of COVID there? I'm just saying, didn't they have like Epsilon and Lambda? I mean, we're stuck at Delta. I know there was a Mu version out. You know, I think they got up really high in the Greek alphabet right there, right? So um, I'm just thinking, so we're bringing these immigrants here that have been vaccinated that have different breakout, what is it called, COVID breakout things. And um, and that's okay, right? They had, they had all of these, damn. And most of them, did you know that the majority of people that are migrating to the United States or visiting the United States now post-COVID are coming from Africa? No shit. Almost like I wrote that fucking script. So on that note, I wanted to say that, you know, today is a very fabulous day. Tomorrow is great. And I, Wednesday is going to be greater. Um, but, you know, in England right now, it's like, what, 2 a.m., right? Is it 2 a.m. in England? Um, I believe so. Right. It's 2 a.m. in England. Yeah. It's like 2.15, 2, 2.15. I mean, the rest of the world right now is in tomorrow. So because the rest of the world is in tomorrow, we should listen to this song because it's like really important. Go shawty, it's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a card like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up, cause it's your birthday. Go shawty, it's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a card like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up, cause it's your birthday. Go, go shawty, it's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a card like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up, cause it's your birthday. Go, go shawty. It's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a party like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give up. It's not your birthday. Go, go, shawty. It's your birthday. We gon' party like it's yeah. your birthday. We gon' sip it's a party 50. like it's your birthday. And you Break know it from 
<laughs> Today's story is. A so that was super funny. So the reason that I played the, like the Chelsea, that's like a really rare SNL skit. But, you know, Bill and Hillary are in the news again. Bill's all sick and shit. And then whom is doing books? I'm like, where's Hillary? So I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend. So the story is I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend. Like she's been like hopping around and we've got eyes all over. It's really weird, um, you know, how things work out. But I... Uh, since they're coming back in the news, I thought, why not? I mean, it's a birthday song, but it was during his inauguration. And what's funny is Monica Lewinsky hadn't happened yet. So weird. It's almost as if Hollywood knew already what kind of a horn dog and how perverted Bill Clinton was. Right. This is from 1993. So a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend says this is just really going uh, so weird. There's like weird speaking engagements that she's working on. There's this book thing that's happening. It's just so bizarre. It's, man, I'm, I, I don't have a watch on, but I'm pretending to look at it. It's about that time, you know? So I just wanted to say, I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend that they're going to be in the news a lot more than we want them to. Funny. Is it California that Bill Clinton's in? So weird. Why there? Oh. Hmm. Sounds like all the sophisticated people are having lunch there. I mean, kind of like this funeral that Nancy Pelosi went to to see the Pope. I mean, she was dressed like she was going to a funeral. Whose funeral was it? I'm so confused. But anyway, he was in Cali, right? Wasn't Bill Clinton in Cali or something? Right? Why? Why there? That's so weird. Don't they live in like New York? I mean, I don't know. What was he doing there? What was he doing there? Why was Pelosi out at the Vatican hanging out with the Pope like in all black clothes and her hair looked terrible. I guess she didn't get a blowout uh, before she went there. It looked like she had bedhead. You know, you know, ladies, which one I'm talking about where you have that knot up at the top of your head and you kind of just comb it out and you're like, fuck it. If it's not long enough to be in a bun, you know, so weird, so weird, so weird. But the weirdest part is, is that SNL did that skit in 1993 during his inauguration and it seemed pretty right on spot on. And then that, you know, that Chelsea person was excited in 1993 to be picked by the Marilyn Monroe, not the dad. Hmm. Kind of tells you some stuffs. No one's paying attention. It's pretty interesting. Back then SNL was kind of daring. And they all did it on purpose. Why? Because you were too stupid to see it, right? Uh, I don't want to say stupid. Well, I have to. I mean, at that time, I was a little kid. I was like 14, 15. I was watching that and I was like, dang, dang, dang. What are they telling us? Dang. So um, I think it's important that we just, you know, see. So thanks, Dianon. Your birthday just inspired me to be able to segue a lot of information in one little video. One, they already knew, right? This before Monica Lewinsky. Two, said a lot of things about Chelsea Clinton, right? And how Hillary was possessive of Bill when Bill's not her type. She likes girls. And that Madonna kind of gave it away. And 
I mean, they're going to be in the news a lot more. So why not? So I just thought I would segue that in because it's kind of interesting that all these losers are coming back. And, um, and then that's it. God bless everyone. Here's a little bit of this more, this, uh, birthday remix. And, um, I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. You're mad.